Hi, this is Community Roots. I'm your host, Samuel Richards. And I'm super excited about this episode today of Community Roots because we're actually doing a special edition, per se, that um, we're calling Off the Beaten Path. So to be your host for Off the Beaten Path episodes, I'm so excited to introduce Dr. Adrian Johnson. Adrian, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Samuel. Yeah, no problem. And I know that your list of credentials is long and extensive, but I would love the viewer, the listeners today, just to have an opportunity to um, listen about what you've done and uh, what your day-to-day looks like. Absolutely. I have a doctorate in counselor education, and I have a dual role in my daily life. I'm a clinical mental health counselor licensed by the state of Ohio, and I provide therapy for individuals in a private practice in Springboro. And I'm also an educator. I'm faculty at Wright State University, and I foster the future counselors of Columbus and Dayton and all the wonderful communities in Ohio. And I am really, really excited to be here to talk about mental health is my passion. So I'm, I can't wait to start. Yeah, I'm so excited. Actually, the first time I heard Adrienne's name was my mom talking about her favorite teacher at Wright State because she went to Wright State to get her counseling degree. So um, it's really awesome that we have the opportunity to have you on air. So um, as listeners are listening in, I wanted to kind of talk about Off the Beaten Path, Community Roots, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Off the Beaten Path. And so um, you kind of have an idea for where you want that to go. So I'm curious, what does Off the Beaten Path mean? What what are those episodes going to look like? Off the Beaten Path will be me interviewing engaging figures in the community about mental health and wellness. And this is everything, including physical wellness, mental wellness, emotional resilience, eating, nutrition, meditation, anything that has to do with helping people reach their best selves. And I'm going to get input from from these figures um, on their experiences. And hopefully we will we will have our listeners feeling better about themselves and and doing great things. Yeah, I am so excited for this like one two punch that is community roots where we have this roundtable discussion. And of course, you are going to be on some of those episodes as well. And then this other side of it that we're actually going to go into the community and find people who are already working within the community to um, see what their experiences are, see like real life on the ground um, beyond theory uh, in a way that um, they've actually practiced it. So um, this is to kick off the very first episode of Community Roots Off the Beaten Path. I hope you will enjoy this episode. This is Dr. Adrienne Johnson with Community Roots. We are off the beaten path today. We are airing on 94.1 WGRN, the Green News Network. Today we are interviewing Steve Doust, and we're talking about the mind-body connection. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell us about you. Who are you? What do you do? And what do you bring to mental health and wellness in our community? 
Well, I'm originally from Michigan. Um, I moved here about 15 years ago. Um, bought a house. Loved the city so much that I started to um, become more involved in the community. Uh, for instance, I, I had uh, uh, food columns on um, the Old Town East um, magazine. I have also been on WOSU as a blogger. Um, then I became uh, licensed with uh, Central Ohio Area Agency on Aging for a study that was made by uh, Stanford uh, about healthy you and how to um, better yourself with chronic illnesses. How do you do that? How do you better yourself when you have a chronic illness? Well, just imagine your life as uh, one big circle, what I call a symptom cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be involving everything from sleep to uh, proper, proper nutrition to exercise, and they all feed into each other. Um, and if you happen to have a problem with your if you're not getting proper sleep, you're not feeling good physically, you're not feeling good mentally. Mm -hmm. um, if you can break one of those cycles, then the rest just falls apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Regarding depression, we know one of the symptoms is insomnia or hypersomnia, sleeping right. too little or too much. How do we foster proper sleep in an individual with depression? With uh, depression, um, it can actually cause uh, physical and mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, you actually get into this cycle of not being in this dark place, as I call it. Yes. Um, and that actually feeds into your health. Uh, you don't want to eat properly. You don't want to mm -hmm. sleep. You mm -hmm. don't want to get out and get involved. Mm -hmm. um, and learning how to, especially starting with sleep, mm -hmm. um, if you go to bed at the same time, if you read a book or watch TV and with the lights turned down, mm -hmm. um, then it actually relaxes you enough to where you can get proper sleep. Mm -hmm. um, going to bed at the same time each night is a very good practice. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some people that stay up till 12 o'clock, then they'll stay up to 3 o'clock in the morning, which is really a bad and unhealthy practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For our younger listeners who are engaged in the screen time culture, they are staying up very late and they have the LED lights blaring in their eyes right before bed. Yes. We know that restorative sleep is necessary for mental health and resilience. So how do we reconcile screen time and sleep? It's actually a two-parter. Uh, the parents should actually follow up and say, look, it's it's 8 o'clock at night. Put, put them down. Um because as you said, the LED light, the more light you have, the less you're going to mm -hmm. be able to sleep. Right. And that's why I recommend with sleep, being in a quiet, dark um, room. Um, even if you were to turn on the fan for white sound, that's okay if you get used to it. Mm -hmm. Don't leave the TV on, of course, because that's very bad and unhealthy. You don't get your proper sleep. Mm -hmm. um, as for the parents, as I mentioned, that they should say, look, it's 8 o'clock, put them down. Mm -hmm. But also the, the teenagers and younger people should realize that, yeah, it's 8 o'clock and I need to start de decompressing to mm -hmm. go to sleep. Mm -hmm. What about distraction? the mind-body connection and distraction. Distraction can keep us from sleeping. And even if we have really great sleep hygiene, some of us get distracted. We have children, we have work, these, th these thoughts creep in. Before we go to sleep, how do we tame those thoughts? I know exactly how you feel. A lot of times we'll um, be thinking about the day or thinking about tomorrow mm -hmm. or thinking about the email that I should get to. Yes. And uh, you just need to shut that off. Well, what I usually recommend is to go for a walk. 
um, not only is it good for exercise, but it also clears the head. Yes. And you stop thinking about those things. Or if you're thinking about that email that you have to get to, do it during the afternoon. You know, mm-hmm. uh, partition your time. Um, at night, um, at 8 o'clock, I'm taking the phone off the hook, to kind of speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very healthy to disconnect with the stimulus and to relax and to really indulge in self-care. Yes. How do you encourage self-care? You're a blogger extraordinaire. So in your extraordinary blogging, how do you encourage people to self-care? How do you encourage them to ground themselves and to immerse themselves in community roots so that they will find themselves a part of something but will still be able to distract themselves enough from the world where they can sleep, where they can relax and and really love themselves and connect with themselves. I usually recommend that um, being uh, volunteering um, with the community is a nice thing to do. It's a nice distraction. It makes you feel yeah. better about yourself. Um, when you get home, again, partition and schedule your time. You know, at five o'clock, everybody eats. You know, that's right. and then um, at seven o'clock. I'm watching my shows, and that's exa- That's a good example of exactly how you should manage your time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if you do this on a frequent basis, then you get used to it. It just becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love what you just said about being a part of the community, and I think that's a firm foundation in community roots itself. I have found when I have low moods or when I'm feeling symptoms of depression, exactly. I don't want to go out and... and and people, as my students would call it. I don't, I don't want to people. Uh, but I have to people. And my husband gets me out of the house and he says, you know, let's connect with our friends. Let's connect with our community. Let's go volunteer. And when I am, I'm doing that, I forget how hard work can be, how, how difficult demands and responsibilities can be. And I start to enjoy giving and getting. It's so satisfying to be in a community. Exactly. I love it. I just exactly. love it. When, uh, a few years ago, I had gone through a very deep depression. I was in a var- very dark area. And um, I actually forced myself to get out. I walked my dog around the block. And mm-hmm. that grew into uh, becoming a blogger with the WOSU. Um, then it, that grew into volunteering with Equitas Health, which is a health center here in town. Um, and I'm still on the, communi- or on the committee to try to help uh, better patients' experiences. Um, but that actually got me out. And it, it, it got me... Out into the, uh, the ho- uh, out of the house and uh, into the community, mm-hmm. start to be with people because socializing with other people is very important and yes. very healthy for you. Yes, it absolutely is. We need that human connection to remain healthy and resilient. And a lot of people don't realize that. But when you're in a depression, when you're in that dark space, you don't want to have to deal with anybody. No. Um, you just want to be you know, in your comfort spot. Mm-hmm. But that can also turn into a jail very quickly. Absolutely. When our listeners are at their lowest, and we've all been there, how do we get motivated to go out and socialize? For me, that's very challenging because I just want to withdraw and, and hold up in myself. How do I get out of that? Exactly. What I usually recommend is I always, I'm an, I'm an advocate for walking. Mm-hmm. Walking the around the block not only, again, is healthy for you, but it also clears your head. Mm-hmm. And then go to a park. And oh, then yeah. just there's a lot of people there. And say hi to as, as you're walking past people. Um Stop for a second and start talking to people. And that actually helps you to grow into wanting to be socializing um, 
and also going into like uh, volunteer groups, uh, volunteering whether if it's helping build a park in the neighborhood or whether if it's helping with uh, the Red Cross, something along that line. Yes. It, it just progresses. You know, one builds onto the other, that builds onto the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day that said, if you feel like you're not making a contribution or you're not appreciated, adopt a pet. Right. And I thought that's so impactful and it resonates with me. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of our community members because so many times we do things that are very important and very impactful, but people don't give us the acknowledgement. They don't give us strokes on the back and say, hey, thanks for being here. Is that helpful to express that gratitude and to let people know they're important? I, I agree with what you said about getting a pet. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a pet may not be for everybody. True, um, true. But from my experiences, when I was in that depression, that dark area, somebody gave me um, a puppy at, at eight weeks old. Oh, goodness. And that actually forced me to get up and start taking care of not only myself, but I was forced to take care of my dog yeah. um, by feeding them, bathing them, washing them, um, taking them for a walk. But I, I think that is actually helps in your life. I agree. If you are just tuning in, this is 94.1 WGRN, the Green News Network. We are airing a special edition of Community Roots, Off the Beaten Path. We are currently interviewing Steve Doust about the mind-body connection today. Talk to us more about the volunteering you do at Equitas. Um, I actually, when I... Uh, when I originally worked there, um, I was under a grant, and that grant had run out. But it, actually, at that time, I had worn four different hats. Mm. Um, one was not only a healthy youth facilitator, uh, which I was licensed for, but I was also an ambassador between um, between Equitas and uh, our grant uh, provider. Mm-hmm. Um, I also on the. Uh, client advisory committee for Equitas Health, where, again, where I'm able to put my input into uh, client and also patient experiences and try to improve their experiences and also uh, how they run uh, mm-hmm. Equitas Health. For exa- example, um, having uh, music in the lobby. I know mm-hmm. that sounds really trivial, but it's kind of like... Um, given people that are at the desk privacy because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. nobody else's business what my problem is. Yes, yes. Neuroimaging studies suggest that having that connection with other people, but also having some private space and some private time while you're around people is also very healthy and balancing. Very. It can also be grounding. Let's switch gears for a minute. Let's talk about the symptom cycle you had referred to earlier in our show. Talk to us about some of the symptoms of fatigue and depression and exhaustion and anxiety and how meditation can help alleviate negative symptoms and encourage positive symptoms. Well, let me give the viewers a little bit better idea what I mean by a symptom cycle. Um, Just again, imagine a um, a circle and at each one of those points, for example, uh, poor sleep, physical limitations, pain, stress and anxiety, difficult emotions, depression, uh, shortness of breath, and fatigue. And then we go right back into poor sleep. Um, if we can actually break one of those cycles, the rest of it pretty much falls apart. Mm-hmm. Now, for example, with um, if you were to have uh, pain, physical pain, either through your chronic um, illnesses or otherwise, 
of pain can actually cause fatigue and fatigue can cause pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if, so how you would actually alleviate that is in several different ways. Um, if you were to read a book or go for a walk or a slight exercise because the endorphins do start to move in mm -hmm. and it's, it lowers the pain, which lowers the fatigue. Um, eating properly, that's very, very important because mm -hmm. if you have a bad um, diet, your your body's just going to react. Right. It's not going to feel good, which mm -hmm. make, makes the brain feel, not feel good, mentally not feel good. Right. Um, now, as for meditation, what I usually recommend is um, using a, using like a technique where you just sit, you know, in a chair, get comfortable. Um, if you need to do it in a dark area, that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And then start working with your like, just take a deep breath, close your eyes. And start working from the head down to the toes. And just, you know, breathing in deep and feeling that air in, going into your head, into your ears, mm -hmm. um, into the neck, into the shoulders. And as you're doing this, relax each muscle as you're going down. Relax the, the mm -hmm. elbows. Relax the fingers. Relax the fingertips. And then just move down your body. Body mapping. Exactly. And it actually starts to... Um, clear your head and also another thing is I usually recommend distraction um, some people there was actually a practice where uh, I would have my students think about their pain and only their pain for about 30 seconds and then I'll come back and say well let's do a distraction while you're thinking about your pain mm -hmm. and such as um, saying the ABCs in your head mm -hmm. or uh, counting backwards in threes mm -hmm. or playing a baseball game in your head and as they're doing this, they actually find that if they start thinking of things or have a distraction, um, they actually find that their pain is cut in half, if not exa existing at all. That is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. You had mentioned diet and food consumption. Yes. Um, there is a lot of research to support the negative growth bacteria associated with um, high fructose corn syrup and the ingestion of sugars exactly. and, and whatnot. Now, how does that affect our mental health and well-being? Well, for one, I you pointed out that um, eating unhealthy foods, mm -hmm. um, such as diet foods and so on, uh, like diet foods and so on, like diet pop, um, I get that diabetics aren't able to ingest sugar. I get that. Um, but they're starting to find that a lot of the artificial sweeteners are unhealthy for your body and right. can cause cancer. Yes, I have heard that as well. Yes, and um, I actually am a firm believer in making my own food. I, I bake my own bread. Um, I make my own foods, make my own sauces, because for one, I know what goes in it. Yes. And a lot of these foods that are on the market have a lot of Preservatives, yes. Which is, again, not good for the body. No. Yeah, you're, you're extending the life on the food, but you're not... You're shortening your own life. Exactly. Um, I'm a proponent for drinking a lot of water. Yes. Um, pop is okay you know, as, uh, some, as a nicety, but as mm -hmm. an everyday event with every meal, it just, it harms you. Because it sure it's does. way too much sugar. A lot of the pops that are, pops or soda, sorry, whoever... A lot of the sugars um, or a lot of the pops have up to six tablespoons of sugar in one bottle. Oh my. 
imagine just eating that, taking a spoon and eating six <laughs> tablespoons of sugar. And so many people would say, no, I wouldn't do that. And yet they consume it in pop or soda and and they consume it through foods. It's those hidden calories, the hidden sugars. We think all to have a salad, but a salad has a lot of sugar depending on what you put on it or in it. Right. And even with salads, salads are okay, um, but it's not a meal. Um, The way it basically really is, is, yeah, you can put proteins on there, um, cheeses and meats and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's good. But basically all it's really doing is just clearing out your pipes. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You actually need that protein. Yes. Um, For brain development. Exactly. Don't use uh, margarine um, because that's just an oil. Right. Uh, Go to butter. Or else go to olive oil mm-hmm. um, as something a natural and pure, and something your body knows what this is and how to process yes. it. Yes, if the body doesn't recognize it, it's going to be stored as junk, junk in, yes. junk out, and you will not function well. You will not sleep well. You'll you'll feel terribly. That and also if with me that I drink a lot of water. I love and water, and I've noticed that when I drink um, soda slash pop, um, that I feel syrupy inside. Yes, that makes yes, sense. it makes perfect sense. That resonates with me. That's how I feel as well. I don't really like to consume that stuff. As you had said, every now and then, okay. But if you do it on a regular basis, you can do all the meditation in the world, but your body will still feel like it's moving on sludge. Yes, exactly. That's all the time we have today. Thank you for joining us, Steve Doust. It was a pleasure meeting with you and speaking with you on the Mind-Body Connection, and I know we'll speak again soon. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I did too. (laughs) You are listening to Community Roots, the special edition off the beaten path on 94.1 WGRN, the Green News Network. (laughs) 